podcast. That was quite the fanfare introducing us there. A weekly challenge podcast <laughs> for small business owners. By small business owners. <laughs> I'm Natalie MacLeese. And I'm Alex Vasquez. That's enough of that. Well, Natalie, we're here. Here we are. Face to face with a couple of silver spoons. With a couple of cupcakes. Yeah, about that. I know that when one of us fails a challenge, cupcakes or cookies have been the form of payment. Yep. And this is the second time that I have failed to complete a challenge. You came really close, though. Well, I came really close. I could have done better, but I didn't. Have you gotten it done since? I've gotten it done since, and... uh, How's their campaign performing? For those of you who may not know, my uh, challenge was to do an ad campaign for my business, and just because I kind of procrastinated and didn't try to get it done sooner, I... uh, Failed to do the challenge, but uh, I have since done the challenge, and I was able to run the campaign. It's ongoing now. I, I've gotten a couple of click-throughs. No one has contacted it. No conversions it. yet? No conversions yet. So it's going, it's out there, and I'm doing A-B testing on a couple different versions of creative. Here's hoping I get someone paying me a million dollars to come talk to me. Your campaign is for a product you're selling for a million dollars? I'm selling my face, my voice, and my body for one million dollars. I think I know why you haven't gotten any conversions. You know what? Why do you mean this week, Natalie? You asked me ten minutes ago before we started recording, Alex, do you think I'm mean? And I said, no, Natalie, (laughs) you're one of my dearest friends. You're not mean. Knowing full well that, yeah, you're being totally mean. Yeah, why you being mean? What's wrong? I'm not being mean. Hey, I'm the person sitting here. I know <laughs> when someone's being mean to me. All right. So You so just I, bring out the meanness in me, Alex. Okay, look. There lies your booty, your reward. Yay, my treasure. Your treasure, uh, <laughs> which are delicious, fresh-made cupcakes. They are very good. I had one already. And uh, what I want to let you know is these cupcakes come to us from Katie's Bakery uh, in Pasadena, California. You can find her website at katiesglutenfree.com. So these are gluten-free. Oh, Katie uh, is K-A-T-I-E. Oh, yeah, Katie. Well, yeah, Mm K-A-T-I-E. And then gluten. And then free. Like. All together, one one word. One word. And they're very nice, they're very talented, and they make tasty cupcakes. You already sampled one, I sampled a couple. I don't think you're supposed to eat my cupcakes. But I don't deli- think that's part of the challenge. Natalie, they were delicious. <laughs> I know. I did a very good job here. I did a very good thing. Jeez. You were on a holy terror today. Man. This is... Remember last week when I was really cranky? 
No, you seem normal then. But today you seem kind of cranky. <laughs> like five percent five percent meaner. You are older than me. I know. I'm older than everyone. That's not true. <laughs> but my birthday is coming up. I know. How do you know? Maybe there's something in the mail. There's nothing in the mail. Anyway, so you've got some Victory Cupcakes, and if you live local to Pasadena, you should definitely hit up Katie's Bakery. Uh, they do fine work in their little teeny tiny shop, which is kind of hidden away, but it, it's really cool. And so, they're delicious. And they're delicious. So and uh, beautiful. So, yeah, and they're beautiful. Katie, good job. Good job, Katie. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you want to talk about last week's challenge? Yeah, let's talk about competitor analysis. Competitor analysis. So, competitor analysis is important for a number of reasons. Um, you get to be a super spy. You get to be a super spy. You get to kind of chickety check on your competition, yep. see what they're doing, see how mm -hmm. you can possibly improve on what they're doing, or you know maybe uh, fill gaps in your own knowledge and maybe you know create content around things that you should be doing that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. So do you want to kick us off with uh, some of that research that you done did? Yeah. So I we had to do three competitors. Okay. My original intention was to do another one-person shop like me, mm -hmm. and then a small shop and a large shop. But that ended up not really working out because... After I started digging in and doing the research, the shop I thought was a small shop turned out to be just an individual. So I did two individuals and a large shop. Okay. Awesome. So both of the one-person shops that I looked at had very different positioning than me. Okay. They had relatively simple websites. I think both were a lot more simple than my own. One was super focused around price. And I think that was definitely, you know, his offer was that he was offering the best price. And he really was. I actually wondered how he could actually afford to offer his services yeah. <laughs> for as low as he was. And he was uh, down in San Diego. So not too far from here. You okay. know, not much yeah. less cost of living. And then I looked at another small shop that was actually based up in Seattle. Okay. And that one was very focused around, it was very developer-centric. He hadn't made a lot of effort to not use jargon and industry terms on the site. You almost... Which can be confusing, right? Yeah. yeah. You kind of needed to be a developer. So I, I kind of got the feeling that maybe what he mostly did was, you know, to get hired as a subcontractor for someone who already understood everything he was saying on his site. He didn't make a lot of effort to make that accessible. The price-conscious person did. He actually was really good at breaking things down and explaining them for a complete novice to understand and feel comfortable with. So that, that was interesting. Neither one of them had any social media presence really to speak about. They both had blogs but hadn't posted on them in months, which we all know how that yeah, goes. Yeah. And they were all, you know, just single, single people not hiring, not looking for funding, no fun stuff like that. Yeah. Um, one of them was actually really new. The really developer-focused guy had just registered his domain last year. Mm -hmm. His pretty new company, the other one I looked at, has been around for, since 2009, which is as old as Purple Pen. Yeah. Yeah. And then I looked at a big company. I had come across them because I saw an ad campaign that they ran on Instagram. Okay. And I thought that what they were doing looked really interesting. Like they 
<laughs> basically instead of offering a website, they were offering like an online presence solution. Interesting. So it covered everything. They did social media marketing, but then also just handling your social media accounts. They did display advertising. They did content related things. They did management of online reviews and listings plus website. And you could kind of put those services together like a a la carte menu and kind of pick and choose what you needed. Almost everything was available only on a monthly contract. Sure. Where you'd have to sign a contract for like a minimum of a year and it was a monthly just automatic charge to your credit card for the services. And I thought this seemed really interesting. (laughs) As I dug into this company more, I found a few things that were a little bit disturbing, even though I thought their offer was kind of compelling. So the first thing is online reviews, horrible. Sites where they have one star and hundreds of reviews. (laughs) Mm. People are really mad about being locked into contracts. Lots of people saying they couldn't get a hold of their account rep not happy at all with the service they were receiving. Some people saying they weren't receiving service at all, but were still being charged. Um, saying that, you know, they were paying for display ads, but no ads were actually being run and things like that, or social media marketing and no, nothing was actually being done and not being able to reach people, unable to cancel the contract. Some people had gone so far as to like cancel their credit card to get out of paying this contract when yeah. they felt like they weren't getting work and then they were sent to collections. <laughs> so lots of really nightmarish stories. They're owned by another bigger media company, which okay. I didn't realize. And where things got really suspicious is when I went to look and see if they were hiring. And indeed they are. They in fact had about 70 open positions. 70. Yeah, which was way more, way more than I expected to see. Yeah. So they're a much larger company than I thought. But here's where things get weird. Ooh. All these open positions, absolutely zero of them were for copywriters, no designers, no developers, no social media professionals, nothing. Everyone being hired was account reps and sales. Ooh. With with that bit of information, like the lack of hiring actual talent to produce work, do you think they are possibly outsourcing the work somewhere? That's a possibility that they're like white labeling some platform that manages all this stuff mm-hmm. and then just connecting people up. There were some reviews where people had mentioned getting cold emails, cold calls, or even a rep walking into their business to sell them on the service. So obviously like a huge focus on sales. Yeah. But then kind of weirdly, no one around actually doing the work. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So I, it kind of, it makes sense that people aren't happy, right? Yeah, because, I mean, it, we, we can't really make too many assumptions about, about how the work is getting done or where it's getting done. Right, because it's not at all obvious. It, it's not obvious, but, you know, if you're someone, you know, like, if you're someone who's looking for content writing because, you know, as as a small business owner, like, you, you've probably heard that, you know, content is key. In, uh, to build visibility for your web presence. So if you're looking for a shop, like you're a web developer, right? Like you're, you're a web developer, you're like, I really need help with content. 
you go to these people and then you're like who's writing the content who's who's writing the content right who's where's doing... it coming from yeah where who's writing all those ads all those social media posts mm-hmm. who's designing and building these websites does the website have like a uh, like a team page or anything yes and it is lots and lots and lots of white men in their 50s Interesting. You have to scroll down to like the HR section before you get any ladies. And so, wow. <laughs> if I remember well, correctly, literally everyone was white. So well, not a lot of diversity in the company either. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting too because you know you'll you'll see some of these shops who you know they they have people on their team or partners or whatever, and it's always a good idea to check to see, oh, uh, do they have a LinkedIn page or something? Like, is there a relationship with the company that you're researching? Like, is there a relationship with the staff that they purport to have? I did find lots of reviews of them on Glassdoor, which also weren't great. A lot of pretty unhappy employees. Wow. So yeah. you, you like, really <laughs> got in there on this competitor. You're like, man, like, how... It, I feel like I, I kind of went the other way uh, yeah. well, it, with, with the research that I did, which I'll talk about in a bit. But with what you with what you researched, I, I think that you did this really from the perspective of I'm going to hire a service professional, and mm-hmm. what are my competitors doing? If I'm a customer, what sort of information am I looking for? What am I presented with? So, which I think is great because that's that's. That's how I think one ought to conduct competitor research. That's certainly one way to do it, and I think that's the correct way to do it, or one correct way to do it. Yeah. So for people who are looking for a service professional, you know, based on the research that you did, what are, what are some things, like if you could bullet point just some tips, like what do you think people should do to, to kind of vet the service professionals they're thinking about working with? I think probably the, the best thing that you could do is to see if you could contact some of their existing customers. So both of the one-person shops that I looked at, actually, neither one of them had any kind of testimonials on their site. Yeah. Neither one of them had any kind of online reviews that I could find. Yeah. And one of them didn't even have a portfolio. Um, the really dev-focused guy didn't even have a portfolio. The other guy had a had a portfolio, but... Some of the companies really in his portfolio were so large that I don't know that you'd have much luck figuring out who to reach out to. Yeah. <laughs> but I, especially as a small business, I think if you can find somebody who specializes in small business to reach out to those clients, you know, yeah. from their portfolio. Or sometimes you can just get in touch with the uh, service provider and ask for some references and talk to them. I think that's really the best, the very best way of evaluating yeah. Somebody's service. Absolutely. And what are the good and bad parts? Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's all great. So the research that I did, I didn't do it from the perspective of like I'm gonna research these people because I want to hire them. I, I research it from who are these motherfuckers and how can I defeat them? <laughs> so Well that's why this big company I researched, I just kept seeing their ads yeah. and I just had to be in my bonnet to figure out what their story was. And I guess their story is they trick everyone into signing up for contracts and don't really do any work. 
Can we talk about the fact that you said there was a bee in your bonnet? <laughs> what are you, from, like, Pennsylvania or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a saying in Pennsylvania? Isn't that a saying everywhere? I don't know. I think it is. I've never owned a bonnet, so I've never had a bee in it. Well, if you have a bee in your bonnet, you need to take care of it. (laughs) Fair enough. So the way that I went into this was, okay, you know, there's a lot of work that I do anyway as a digital marketing agency. There's always more that I can do. There's only so many hours in a day. So, you know, I, I do put out newsletters. I do blog posts. I have a relatively frequently updated social media network uh, or, you know, accounts and whatnot. So I'm doing a lot of the little things and, you know, I still don't rank super well for a lot of the terms or some of the terms that I think are important to me. Okay. I, you know, I was looking at some other competitors. I didn't really pick like based on size or anything. Were you just looking for the people who were ranking for the terms you wanted? Basically, okay. basically. Fair so, so when I went into this, I was like, okay, well, some of the terms that I try to go for are, you know, Los Angeles WordPress developer or just WordPress developer in general, and just taking a look and seeing who got returned. And there's a couple people, well, there's, there's a couple of websites that get returned, like they're usually in the top three. And t- today I was actually in the top 10 search results for Los Angeles. Ooh, that's We're, page one. We, we, that's, that's page one all the way at the bottom. Good job. A couple of the most common sites that, that tend to rank well. You know, I took a look at, so I have a tool called SEMrush. And, you know, I'll take a look at some of these competitors and take a look at the backlinks that they get to their site, where they're coming from. And I start off with one competitor. She's here in Los Angeles, or I think she lives in Kansas City now, but oh, still puts okay. the, advertises that she's a Los Angeles WordPress mm, developer. That's a little sketchy. A little dubious, but that's all right. So taking a look at it, the thing that I found was it wasn't that... Like, she had a lot of backlinks to her site. She does a lot of work, but what she does is she puts anchor text, you know, which is like the link text that links back to your to your website. Oh, she puts it like in the footer of the site she builds? Yes. So she okay. puts it like in hundreds of different websites that she's built over the years, there is anchor text pointing back to her website. Mm-hmm. So this, for, for those who may not know... Backlinks are a crucial piece of... It's crucial to your SEO health and rankings. As long as they're from reputable sites. As long as they're from reputable sites. She's building reputable sites. So that's a good thing. And some people don't do this on principle. I don't do that. But it makes me think, why not? I don't do it either. Well, but what I'm saying is, is that if you build enough websites... You know, you can choose to not do it on principle. However, you know, you doing that on principle does mean that you're missing, you're purposely choosing to miss an opportunity to rank better for specific keywords. You could be placing these things. And and the thing is, is that your clients who are happy to work with you, probably happy to tell other people about you. They're probably happy to let you put that link in there. So it's made me think, well, you know, maybe I should ask 
this going forward? Or maybe I should go back and ask other clients, hey, can I put a link uh, to my website? Now, the, the one thing I will say is, in all, because she has substantially more backlinks than I do, mm -hmm. the, it, it is all basically her name. So the missed opportunity is she could just say Los Angeles web developer, but uh, or or something meaningful that people would actually search for because they're not going to search for her by name because they don't know who like the mm -hmm. strangers aren't going to know who she is. Okay. There's a missed opportunity there, although because of the just the volume of backlinks pointing to her site and just the age of the site too, she's been around longer than I have. You know, she ranks near the top almost all the time. And if you were to pull one up, you'd probably figure out who she is and maybe you've met her before. One of the other sites I took a look at, they run ads and they're almost always the first result that comes back for that search term. I was taking a look and I noticed that this particular company had a lot of different backlinks going to their website. And the thing that I noticed is that they actually have a negative SEO campaign against them are commonly known as neg seo and what that is is it's someone who's creating a bunch of links that include negative words that are linked back to a website so if your website is called albert's cleaners and there's a bunch of websites out there that are linking to albert's cleaners and that link text that anchor text says scammer thief something like that, mm -hmm. that's going to impact you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's going to impact you. And, and also that the links come from unreputable sites. Is unreputable a word? Non-reputable sites, link farms, things like that. Having a large number of these sites pointing at your own website will negatively impact your search rankings and possibly get you de-indexed from from Google's search engines and whatnot. So that's, a, that's an important thing to take a look at. Now, I don't know this company. I know they're local. They, they, sponsored, they sponsored like the first year of WordCamp that we did. So I know that much. Mm -hmm. So I took it upon myself to just reach out and say, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you guys are the target of what looks to be a negative SEO campaign. I reached out to them through their contact form and sent them a link to a Google spreadsheet yeah. that has like all the links in it and everything. That was nice so, of you. I think so. And what you can do with that is you can you can run those through the Google Search Console's Google Search Console is just a tool that you can use to monitor website health and things like that. You can use that to to, to basically check out your site's search engine health. And you can disavow spammy links and things like mm -hmm. that. Doing so will improve your site's overall search engine health. Uh, so that's something to... Still a future challenge. Still still a future <laughs> challenge, but something to, to keep in mind. The thing that I that I did notice is with, with the companies that seem to outrank me for... Mm -hmm. WordPress developer or digital marketing agency, there, there's a couple characteristics that I noticed. Like, A, they've been around a long time. So just the, the, the amount of time that you've been around or that your competitors have been around is, is huge. The number of backlinks that they get is also huge. And, and that, those are difficult things to overcome. 
the one thing that I would say is with the backlink, because I do get a lot of backlinks that come to my website just from different conference websites that I'm on, that I've participated in, you know, that happen to be linking back to me. For other websites like, you know, meetup.com, like other social media sites that I have links pointing back to my business site, I notice that that link text is not it just says my website. So it just uh-huh. says digisavvy.com instead of like digital marketing company, di- digital marketing agency, WordPress agency, e-commerce agency. And I think that's a huge missed opportunity that, oh, that we, yeah. that, that everyone overlooks, you know, because if someone links to you, you know, they're just kind of linking in that text will default to whatever is linked. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So you can you can request an alt tag. So if you know that you're going to be linked to from somewhere, make sure to ask them to insert alt text that is descriptive of of your business. Mm-hmm. You know the the other thing is too. I think that with the competitors that outrank me, because the the two that that outrank me for like that are WordPress developers for just general WordPress development, again. They've just been around a long time, and only one of them produces regular content. I don't know that it's necessarily about outranking, but it is. But when I look at their content, I'm like, okay, that person's content speaks to a specific audience, which I think is interesting. And I think for me, I am trying to target my audience, and there's more that I can do, mm-hmm. but. As I look at my other competitors, if they are creating content, what type of content is it? For the most part, like the digital marketing agencies that seem to do well, they vaguely create content that is for their clients and whatnot. But what I find is that these just, for the most part, the the content is not geared toward that audience. It doesn't clearly target them. And even my content, where a lot of it is like strategic, they're just not my customers. I guess what I'm trying to get at is in looking at these different competitors, none of us are really trying to target our audience. We're, they rank well, but they're probably not getting the right person in, or the right customer. And if they do, it's simply because they do rank at the top. They've been around for a long mm-hmm. time, and people are just typing in one specific term. That's what I have to say about that. Well, I thought it was really helpful to see, to get some ideas of how Mm -hmm. other people were presenting their services and talking about them. I didn't see anybody of the three that I looked at that was really focused around resolving pains and benefits for the customer, like a little bit about that, but not really. So I think that's an opportunity there. How, how do you think you would approach that then with that, I, with, with that in mind? I think to, when I'm creating the content for my website, to focus more on what my ideal customer wants to hear. Yeah. Like what, what pain do they have? What problem are they trying to solve and how can I help do it? So with the, with the clients that you already work with, what are a couple of pain points that they seem to have? And they don't have to be the same, just like yeah. pick out a couple that, that come to mind. I mean, like one is just not having enough time to keep up with everything. Another one is not having the technical knowledge or ability to manage things on their own. 
just feeling overwhelmed by all of the information out there about, oh, you should be blogging, you should be on 26 social media platforms, you should be doing this, and yeah. they, they have no idea what actually matters and what they actually ought to be doing. So those are the kinds of problems that I just see over and over that people really want help with. Yeah. And I, I do like the idea of the notion of approaching things from a strategic pain point. Mm-hmm. Because I think with, you know, some of the people that I do work for, you know, it's like, well, how do I rank better? You know, and that could be like a page on your, you know, on my site that, you know, how do you rank better? And it's not an article. It's just like, here, here are the things that we do to help you, you know, rank higher in search, hire us, that sort of thing. You know, pain, outcome. There are specific buckets of potential customers that, that we serve mm-hmm. in anyone, right? From digital to brick and mortar businesses. Like there's people who want very specific things from you. And if you can kind of profile who those people are, like what, what that bucket is, like, do you need a website built? Do you need content? Do you need email marketing or whatever? I mean, very specific things. And the things that help inform us on that are, trying to identify like what the most popular articles on your site are. And that's something that I didn't intend to do as part of this research, but yeah. I did. I I did I think I heard on a podcast a while ago somebody said that the the best way that they got clients was that they would publish these kind of long posts about like step by step by step, like very specifically how to do something like how to increase your search rankings and yeah. how to set up step-by-step like Google search console and configure it and everything. And they got more business from those because when people came to them and said, Oh my gosh, Holy cow, this is too much work. Let me yeah. hire someone to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like when they told people exactly how to do something, that's when people would hire them. Well, the, the learn dash post that I yeah. have is, is over 2000 words and it's a step-by-step thing. Yeah. And it, the most <laughs> the most requested work I get is is LearnDash. Yeah. So and, and that's just a learning management system for for those who don't know. Yeah. But, offer yeah. online classes. Yeah. Offer online classes. Monetize that knowledge. Well, Alex, I think we both pretty much nailed last week's challenge. I think we kicked it right in the pants. You can say took us. Not gonna say took us. Do we get a okay. high five? Yes. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about next week's challenge. Next week's challenge. I have been feeling the pinch of stress and anxiety lately. Me too. And I went out of town to go visit family. And, you know, I I wasn't really active when I was out in a way. Like, I just was taking a... I, I was just being lazy. Were you being a blob? I was being a blob. I was just on the computer, hanging out. And not doing anything active. And I think my body responds to that. But it was also really hot. It was also really hot, too. Like, no one wants to run when it's 97 degrees out. What I noticed is I've just been taking a break and not working out. Like, not being as active physically as I should be. Okay. And I started up this training regimen, like CrossFit, throwing weights up and stuff, and I haven't done it in a couple weeks, and I need to, because I'm kind of in the introductory phase of it all. Mm -hmm. 
and I haven't been consistent with my running, which has made running a lot more difficult because... I would imagine. The thing is, is that being active in, in some form, like being physically active is not only important to our physical health, it's important to our mental health too. Yes. So That's if true. if you if you're not working out, if you're not doing something active, wh- whether it's just going out for a walk, for like an hour walk, that's that's a huge benefit. And if you're not doing those things, then it can impact your mental health, and you can start to feel depressed. You can start to feel anxious, super and stressed, super stressed. And I went for a run blobby yesterday. Blobby and bloated. Blobby and bloated. I went for a run yesterday, four and a half miles, and I felt great. We've been having an exceptionally cool August here in LA. Yeah, cool. I feel like the last couple of weeks have been cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like earlier in the month it was not cool. Oh, yeah, like the first week of August, but it's only been in like the low 80s. It's a high temperature, which is unusual for this time of year. Well, it's I... normally in the high 90s. I expect that to return for September. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not going to last, but I've been thoroughly enjoying it. So the thing is, is like, you know, according to the CDC, Centers for Disease Control here in the States, they say that adults need at least a minimum of two hours and 30 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity, like brisk walking, uh, shoplifting, dine and dash. No, no. uh, no. And then they also say like two days or more per week. Uh, with strength and conditioning exercises. Is that two hours and 30 cents? <laughs> two just hours two, and 30 cents. Two hours and 30 cents. <laughs> <laughs> two hours and 30 minutes per week of uh, moderate activity? No, I think it's two hours and 30 cents. Two hours and 30 cents a week? Yeah, and uh, you need to start your workout at 7.92 p.m. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they say, like, you know, at least every week, two and a half hours of just some sort of moderate intensity aerobic exercise. And they also recommend a couple days per week of strength and conditioning or or something Mm -hmm. that engages your muscle groups and what have you. So, you know, I'm pretty decent with running. Like I said, I haven't been consistent. And, you know, there's a CrossFit thing that I've been doing that I need to get back into. I know that when I work out, when I'm active, I feel better afterward. I dread, yes. I, sometimes I dread it going into it, my mind sets mm-hmm. off, but after I do it, I'm always glad I did. This is what always happens to me when I go to a yoga class. There's this point like 20 minutes into the class where I'm like, oh, why did I do this? This is horrible. This is the worst thing ever. Why am I here? But then by the end of class, I'm like, oh yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, and it's like... People who, who do this stuff, like, for the most part, you, you do something, you know, something that, that's strenuous, and you feel good afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, it, after you're done, after it's all behind you, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm glad I did that. It, it's just doing it, the, you know, building up the desire, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Like, that's the part that I find is, is a challenge for me, but... All of so, this, so what exactly is our challenge? The challenge is, if you don't currently have some sort of activity regimen. Physical activity. Physical activity. Then the challenge is to start something mm-hmm. with the intention of sticking to it. 
Yeah, not just this week. Not just this week. I mean, this week is to start a thing, mm -hmm. a physical thing, a physical activity, or to restart a physical activity that's been dormant and uh, being neglected. That's the challenge. That's it. All right. You should continue to do what you're doing. Like, maybe you are doing something active, but maybe you're not consistent with it. Maybe you're not making that a priority. So, or maybe you don't like it that much. You could try something new. You, or you could try something new. So, you know, with the CrossFit, that's a new thing that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And when I've done it, I've really liked it. Okay. Um, it's intimidating, but I've liked what I've done. And I can see if I'm consistent with it. I can see how my movement will improve, how my strength will improve, and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like a lot of stuff, but it, it's just doing one activity. Just, yeah. Just one activity. Maybe you could sign up for a class. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could just find a regular happening. Or Maybe you could get yourself a new set of weights. New set of weights would be great. Or new possibly pair of walking shoes. New pair of walking shoes. Daddy needs a new pair get of shoes. Get out for a walk. Get out for a walk. Um, or, uh, you know, look at meetup.com. There's a, usually a bunch of free yeah, activity. Hiking groups. Hiking groups. Yoga groups. Yoga groups. Things like that. pooping groups. You know, there's one thing that, that I do a couple times a week, not always, but like in the morning, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll go for a walk before I start my day, if, if I wake up with enough time. And I'll listen to a podcast and I'll, I'll go for like an hour, hour and 20 minute walk. And I'll listen to the Smart Passive Income podcast, mm -hmm. which I think is great. You know, it, it's very entrepreneurial, but... You know, usually when I listen to it, I'll come away with a couple ideas. I feel refreshed, like I can, you know, kick the world right in the. Took us. Took us. Is it took us or took us? I don't know. <sighs> Any hoodle. I'm not a language expert. Obviously. Do you think this is a necessary challenge? Yes. Yes, I think it is. What do you What do you think you might do? Well, I do. I guess I have five things that I do. Um, some more regularly than others. Mm -hmm. I have my belly dance class. I take swimming classes sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do yoga mm -hmm. and walking mm -hmm. and weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Are there, which one of those is the most consistent for you? The belly dance class. Right. And, and I was like, that's what I was thinking. Yes. I've been taking a break from the swimming classes because... There's too many children in the pool in the summer, and then the pool's always closed because it's contaminated. Contaminated? Yeah. Contaminated how, Natalie? Because the kids are going to the bathroom in the pool. You know what? I don't advocate spanking. But, but... school has started again. Yeah. So it should be okay, and I'm going to check out when the next session of swim classes start. There's also the Friday night belly dance class at PCC that... We'll be starting up in September, I think. Okay. So that one. And then yoga and walking and weightlifting I can just do whenever. There's nice. a yoga studio right by my house that I love. And they literally have classes from like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. And a little bit shorter hours on Sundays. Okay. So no nice. shortage of options for yoga. Nice. Yeah. The walking and weightlifting I just do on my own. I approve. So that's my plan. 
I think that sounds like a good plan for me. I need to get back to the crossfitting and finish up my introductory phase so I can start throwing weights around with a bunch of other people Trust as we tires. all compete to become the best exerciser in, in, in the gym. All right, then. Sounds like a plan. If, uh, if we're done with this being the challenge, and I think it's a doable challenge. Definitely. You know, like, how the heck do people find out about us? Like, where, where do people go on the internet to find who we are? They can't. We're a secret. We are a secret, aren't we? Mm-hmm. You have to be a super spy to find S- us on the dark web. The dark web? Yeah. So you have to get a Tor browser client. And you you have to do some dirty deeds yeah. on the dark web to find us. No, that's a lie. You can find us at IP or IPv6 address. <laughs> 1v colon. And anyway. I don't even think you should make something up. It'll end up being something nefarious. Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> so uh, we can be found. Uh, at podcast.com. Can they follow us on social media anywhere? Twitter and Instagram, at Podcast. If they wanted to listen and download this podcast from somewhere, where would they do that? Anywhere you get the very best podcasts in the world, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the new Google Podcasts. Or Pocket Casts. Jeez. You and your Pocket Casts. Hey, you use it too. I know. Why are you giving me grief? <laughs> Man. For the Do Weekly Podcast, I'm Alex Vasquez. I'm Natalie MacLeese. We'll see you next week, and uh, keep it doable. See you next week. loud. I forgot. <laughs> that one is especially loud though. <laughs> and it's stopping out there. <laughs> Damn it to heck. Damn it to heck.